G'day community and welcome to another episode of Talking Fantasy. I'm Lechdog and I'm joined today by the magnificent L Payton. Fantastic to have you on and community, you know who this man is if you've seen anything to do with Supercoach. He's been essentially the, well, are you the face of it L? You're bloody close to the face of it and you have been for a long time. How are you? Thank you for coming on board. Uh, thanks for having me, uh, Lick. It's been uh, nice to hear some Supercoach content in this uh, these dark times, so I'm uh, happy to have a chat. Um, yeah, I think you probably nearly could call me a face of it. I've sort of been managed to stay behind the scenes for most of my time at uh, the Herald Sun writing about Supercoach. And uh, in December last year, I got uh, flown up to Sydney to be part of a exciting advertising campaign, which people may have seen Um basically being pummeled by uh, Jonathan Brown to promote uh, Supercoach. So, you know, it's all, all for a good cause. It's great. And we, we love you for it. So I like to start off by letting people describe how they fit into the fantasy bubble. How long, because people might be surprised by this, how long you've been involved with Supercoach? How, how long has it been and what's your sort of role been throughout that time? Yeah, it's, uh, I'll try not to, to take too long because I've been involved for probably just about the whole time really super coach uh was invented by uh, someone at the herald sun in 2005 well that was the first season and i was working at the herald sun i'd been there for about three years at that stage as a sub editor on the uh sports desk mainly sort of editing stories writing headlines and um sort of laying out pages that side of things and basically early on i was uh just a player along with uh all the other keen players out there. And then when I moved more across to be more involved in digital, which was sort of around the 2011 season um, and sort of in the next couple of years, that became my full-time gig. Then Supercoach became a much bigger part of my uh, responsibilities, I guess. And our team, you know, initially was there was two of us and it's grown to now having seven on their AFL digital team there at the Herald Sun. And we actually work for the, we call it the Sport Network, which is all your News Corp mastheads at Daily Telegraph and Courier Mail and Adelaide uh, Advertiser and, and these things around the country. So we're sort of responsible for the AFL content in all of those um, and all those websites. So there's a lot going on. But yeah, Supercoach, KFC Supercoach, I should say, is, uh, you know, just become a bigger and bigger part of that. And, and you know, people can see that reflected in the amount of content that we produce. And, you know, I'm sort of the head of the AFL team now. So I'm kind of responsible for managing a lot of that. But I still love to, you know, write, write when I can. But I, as I think uh, some other people have mentioned on here, just, were, you know, managing that work-life balance and trying to delegate is something that I need to uh, keep working on. But, you know, writing about Supercoach is still one of the, you know, the most fun parts of my job. So, yeah, I certainly, yeah, I'm pretty lucky, I think, to be um, in there at the Herald Sun, um, although we're, we're all uh, working remotely at the moment, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's a good good team and, um, yeah, pretty lucky to have Supercoach actually as, as part of my job. How have you seen Supercoach, the game of Supercoach and the coverage of it sort of change and grow since 2005? Obviously, it's kind of, it's kind of in, the, in the mainstream. It's still a niche activity and hobby for all of us, but it's, it's more in the mainstream than it was in terms of podcast, video content, articles, you name it. How have you seen that growth since 2005? And um, is that driven by you and the other content creators or is it just sort of a natural evolution? Uh, I think it's a bit of a, yeah, I mean, everybody's sort of part of it really. I mean, we're reflecting the the growing demand out there and we, you know, we have a lot of metrics that we can see that, you know, some of the um, super coach articles that we write are the, the most popular ones that we do get the most, um, you know, clicks on the site and that kind of thing. So, um, you know, that's why, you know, on some days, especially, you know, around the start of the season, you go to the Herald Sun AFL page or even the Herald Sun homepage and there's 
three or four super coach articles, you know, ranked high up and that's, you know, we're trying to push the game, but that's because, you know, we're reacting to the, the demand that's out there, but, you know, hopefully we're, you know, we're part of our objective is to try and make the game even bigger and, uh, and make it more accessible for more people. So, you know, so people who maybe played at a casual level can get a bit more in, you know, uh, deeper, stats and analysis and things like that but then people who haven't played before get a chance to have a crack at it as well and i think you know you know your guys uh the jock reynolds podcast was one of the first ones uh, that i certainly listened to you know going way back i'm not sure when um the boys started that one but i feel like that's been going for nearly as long as Supercoach. and then you know there's a lot more of them around now obviously and i just think yeah that's just one of the, the great parts about the game so we we sort of uh feed off all those guys and hopefully you guys um you know benefit from what we're doing as well no, I think that's uh, one of the highlights, particularly from the last maybe two or three years, is how you guys have really brought in a lot of the other communities and allowed them to, well, given them a platform to write articles or contribute to. I think that's a testament to sort of um, how welcoming the communities become. So thank you for that. Oh, thank you. No, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a win-win is in my mind because, you know, we're all, we all love Supercoach at the end of the day and... Um, yeah, if, we, if you guys are, you know, you're basically promoting the game for us, so that's fantastic. And, um, and you know, you, some of the content that, you know, you've written articles for the Herald Sun and Dr. Supercoach guys and, all, you know, there's a lot of them out there um, and they're providing quality content for us as well. So, um, yeah, in my mind, uh, everybody wins through that and that's, you know, part of the, the enjoyment of the game. Yeah, no, I agree. I'll, anything that's win-win for this game is win-win for us because um, I love it and it takes up all my life, but that's okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all part of it. Uh, so obviously you're employed to talk about, well, talk about a lot of things, but sports primarily and Supercoach is a big part of that. Do you think you'd be as involved or still involved in Supercoach if you didn't have that um, as part of your job? I would definitely still play it. Yeah. Um, it's, I you know, I played it originally. I went back, um, I was trying to think when uh, listening to some of the other chats you've done about, you know, my history of fantasy sports. And I think uh, my memory of it, I don't know if this is, hope this is hundred percent accurate, but is it uh, the other major newspaper in Melbourne ran a, was probably the first one to have a crack at fantasy, which is in the nineties. And they ran a, I think they called it a dream team competition where you actually had to fill out a form in the paper and mail it in with your team before the start of the year, um, which obviously had sort of certain limitations in terms of the, uh, the, you know, how dynamic you could be in reacting to, you know, no rolling lockouts or anything like that uh, in those days. And I remember I, I played that because I thought it was pretty cool. I've always obviously been a massive uh, AFL fan and, you know, love my stats and, and that kind of side of it. So uh, I don't think that lasted too long, but then it was uh, revived more in the uh, internet era um, in the early 2000s uh, through the Herald Sun and Supercoach. And, you know, I've been, uh, a keen player from the very start so um i guess it'd be interesting to do it in a, a non-professional capacity because one thing um i can find actually can be quite stressful around that uh you know leading into round one especially is that you just spend so much time i don't know if you found this as well but so much time talking about super coach and talking about so many different players and producing content that actually sort of sitting down and making the final calls of my own team almost becomes the last thing that i do and then you know, I feel really, you know, under pressure to, you know, I've, I've talked up so many different players and I really like this guy and I love this guy. I can see a breakout here, but, you know, trying to, those um, final calls tend to be almost, uh, you know, left to the last second. So that probably would be a nice aspect if I wasn't doing it professionally. But, um, yeah, I'd be heavily involved, whatever happens. I, 
I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I can tell you that my, the last thing I think about in Supercoach is my team. It gets to lock yeah. out. And I'm like, oh, I, I haven't even got 30 players in. I've got, and I, I lock someone in and I make a late change and I move someone that's been in there since since the team picker opened and then it all goes to hell from there. But hey, if I can yeah. help other people, that's that's all that matters. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I try to think about it as well. So... We've talked about, you've mentioned you love Supercoach. Is there anything specific about the Supercoach game you love or is it more the community that comes with it? Um, well, yeah, the community is definitely a big part of it. Um, but I do like the game, you know, I love footy and I love uh, watching and analysing the game and Supercoach is, is sort of a really key part of that for me. Like, you know, I think it can be a bit simplistic to just say, oh, I'm just watching, you know, trying to mentally calculate the super coach points and, you know, you're checking the scores as you go. But I think um, especially because I'm obviously uh, a big fan of the super coach scoring system, which Champion Data has developed, and I think it is a pretty good uh, reflection of how influential players are in the game. And it does really help you understand what's going on in the in the footy better and, you know, just simple stuff about learning, you know, I know the difference between a, a possession and a disposal and, um, you know, you're watching for effective and ineffective disposals and, you know, the things that really, you know, the intercepts and things that they're what the clubs value. Um, and that's sort of been reflected through champion. And then that comes through into the, the super coach scoring system. And, you know, we know the influence of hit outs to advantage in the last few years that, um, you know, since the, the super coach scoring system really has been altered to reflect that because they saw how important that was in games. Um, and so now, you know, super coaches are all over who um, has the most hit outs to advantage and that kind of thing. So, um, I enjoy that, that it adds to my um, sort of understanding of the, the game and, you know, my enjoyment. And I watch more games and more players than I would if uh, I wasn't playing Supercoach. And I think, uh, you know, the community and, you know, the leagues and all that stuff is all really fun. I find that um, it is a way to challenge myself that I'm I'm always, you know, comparing. Probably the first thing I check at the end of the weekends is the rankings and then, you know, go and see my leagues. So I'm sort of competing against myself in, in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, did I make the, the right calls or the wrong calls? And, um, yeah, I suppose you can sort of beat yourself up about the wrong ones uh, more than you, you enjoy the good ones. But, um, yeah, I think that's a, a fun aspect of the game as well. Do you ever let Supercoach affect uh, how you're feeling when you're watching the footy? You've had the privilege of watching a pretty good team the last few years. When they play badly, on the rare occasion they do, does that ever ruin your weekend? Or are you able to separate footy from Supercoach? Uh, no, it definitely affects my mood across the weekend. Uh, no doubt about that. I'm still, that's an ongoing battle to um, try not to get too down about the the 50-50 calls that could have gone one way or, you know, that you got wrong. And, um, and I try and reassure myself that, you know, all you can go on is the available data. And if, uh, you know, Luke Ryan's had uh, a great scoring history in a certain role and then the new coach comes in and introduces a new game style which should benefit him and he's had you know a good preseason game to back that up and then you pick him and he goes out and scores 50 in the first game you know there's nothing you know that's not necessarily a terrible call it's just you know you've got unlucky because all the indications were that you know a certain thing would happen and then you know football is uh you know one thing we love about it it's very unpredictable so you can't um uh, get too down on something like that and hopefully over the course of a season um, or even a weekend that the the calls sort of balance out and, and you um, can make up for some of the, the misses by, you know, some of the unexpected gains. But um, when it comes to the Tigers, I think, uh, you know, I often have players 
either playing for Richmond or against Richmond in my Supercoach, and I'm, I'm obviously happy if, if someone's going to kick a goal against us, I'd rather it be someone who's on my Supercoach team. But um, they're still definitely number one. I've never barracked uh, for, you know, another player from another team to kick a goal after the Soren to, to beat us, even though that has happened a few times. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that, that hasn't been an issue for me. Yeah, great. Um, it took me a long time to get to the ability to separate Carlton from Supercoach, and I had to do that for my own mental health because I've been to a lot of bad games, a lot of bad games. Yeah, well, I suppose at least when Richmond was, was ordinary, which was the case for um, a long a lot of my life and uh, probably the first sort of 10 years or so of Supercoach until the last couple of years, um, it was just, it was sort of actually nice to have another team to barrack for, really. And, uh, you know, even if the Tigers had a shocker on the weekend, I could sort of console myself in some of the, uh, the super coach results more than my own team. But yeah, hopefully I can try and win both now. But uh, we'll see. Here we go. Yeah. One thing I, I feel like I've been focusing too much on the, uh, you know, letting super coach affect, you know, making me feel bad that I, Drop Sam Naismith at the last minute, put in Max Gordon. Yeah. Um, but the positives uh, make it all worth it, don't they? When you nail a pick and you nail a guy from day one, it's there's nothing better, is there? Uh, no, that's absolutely true. Um, yeah, it's just it's getting harder and harder now, I reckon, to, especially to... Um, I was thinking about this as well, looking back at some of the picks I've made over the years. And, um, you know, even to someone as obscure, I remember the guy, um, Brent McCaffer, who people may or may not even remember played in a premiership, I believe at Collingwood then uh, on a missed a year with a knee or something. And I just have this memory of in the office, people saying to me, you know, just before round one, or oh, who's, who's your super coach pick for this year? And I said, Oh, I reckon that Brent McCaffrey and people are like, are you serious? Like he was never a you know superstar when he played, but he just, for some reason he was like 110,000 that year because he'd had injuries and I put him in my team and I don't think he was dominating, but he was a pretty good rookie to have. And he sort of snuck under the radar. Nobody really knew about him, but you know, that's impossible now, really. That's uh, um, to pick someone that, you know, really nobody knows about doesn't, doesn't really happen anymore. So um, you, yeah, it's a tricky one to, to actually know one is obviously fantastic, but you've got to be wary of the temptation of just picking someone that nobody else has just to, you know, try and get that elusive uh, win. Um, because as we know, those, those breakouts are really hard to pick. The uh, the Brent McCaffrey call is a very good one. I remember that season. He went on to ruin Gary Ablett's career. Well, not ruin it. Oh, but he did actually. Yeah, yeah right. I remember uh, he tackled Gary Ablett. Gary Ablett did a shoulder. I immediately put several bets on for Matthew Prittis for the Brownlow, and it got up. So uh, thank you, Brent McCaffrey, for that. <laughs> I remember dry, I was driving home one game for about, which doesn't seem to happen now because everything's live streamed and everything but I was actually driving in the car listening to a Collingwood game and it was a really close game and I just remember the uh commentators saying you know Collingwood was about to kick the winning goal went to the goal square and they said oh you know Mark by McCaffrey and I remember I was just like punching the air as I was <laughs> driving down the highway because I had him uh, super coach so you know those little moments are something that you wouldn't get if it wasn't for our wonderful game is do you have any other Brent McCaffers well who's your favorite fantasy selection of all time there's been so many that it's really hard to narrow them down i mean one that i did get a couple of years ago that was a bit of a um a pod certainly at the start of the season was toby mclean um when he really burst out of the blocks and averaged about 115 or something up in the first half of the season for the doggies and i had him um in my forward line so that was um you know one of my better calls over the years um someone like Matt Prittis. I just remember bringing him in that season, the week that he scored 196 uh, was the first time I'd had him in my team. 
So that was um, uh, obviously a pretty good one. I remember getting Callan Ward super cheap one year and then he went on to have a, a fantastic second half of the year. So there's just been heaps. And obviously when we mentioned um, Gary Ablett, obviously the uh, the GOAT of all time, but probably my favourite Supercoach player over the the journey has been um, Brett Deledio because he was the one Richmond player that I could pick um, for probably just about a decade. And he was an absolute gun in, you know, we had him as a forward, as a defender. I think he was a dual position a couple of times. And wherever he played, he was he was a great scorer. Um, I've, I mentioned this, uh, I was trying to rack my brains the other day and I, I told her, remembered a story that I've mentioned to my wife and she looked at me and said, that is the dirtiest thing you have ever said. And it was me remembering a preseason game that I was listening to on the radio again. And it was about five or six years ago when Delidio had missed a lot of the preseason with injury. This rule that you don't pick injured players, but he came back in for the last preseason match against GWS, and I remember him kicking a few goals and getting a heap of possessions, and me thinking, right, that's it, I'm safe, I can lock him in. And then he went on to average about 120 for the year, which was might have been his career best season. So he gave me a lot of joy as a, a super coach a pick and as a, obviously a Richmond player until sadly his career didn't end the way he obviously would have liked. Yeah, well, it might not still be over. Who knows what's going to happen with the well, supplemental that's a list? Good point. He's, he's at Hawthorne now, isn't he? Playing uh, in the VFL side, or he's on the the books there. So yeah, who knows um, the way lists and things are going to play out? They might need to call up some of these guys. I'm glad glad you brought up Brett Delidio because whoever I'm talking to, I try and think of my favourite selection from their team of all time. I had him open his tab open. I think for eight years he had averaged over 102, 117 yeah. in 2012 was that season you described. So I don't need to talk about him. My favourite selection, people will f- probably not remember this, that this man was a, a pretty good super coach player back in the day. Chris Newman, uh, 2005 oh, yeah. to 2000. And, well, he was pretty solid most of his career until 2012 to Average you a 90, um, averaged 100 in 2008, and I had him uh, in that year. And what a selection. Like, not a, like a, he was just a tall defender, right? Like, not someone, or tallish defender well, that not many people Yeah, would. he was sort of medium. I mean, I was trying to think of a player that he remembers, uh, reminds me of now, and it's sort of, um, I'm sure they're no relation, but Nick Newman at Carlton, he was a bit similar, left yeah, footer, yeah. Um, you know, good ball user out of defense. So, um, yeah, those are the sort of players that uh, we tend to like in Supercoach. I don't know if I ever picked him, to be honest, but um, what about uh, Big the Nank? He had one great season, didn't he? He was another good Richmond pick. He did. Hashtag Nanky lands, take me back. <laughs> uh, and I was seeing Supercoach are doing this awesome bracket at the moment where they're um, putting up the best selections of all time or the most fun selections of all time, and it's going to battle their way down in a March Madness-style bracket. Uh, you mentioned, you guys mentioned one today, which I hadn't thought of in years, and Joel Bowden, who, yeah. uh, what what do you remember of him? Because I don't remember him really at all, but he averaged 117 in 2007. Well, I remember one game at, uh, it was probably Telstra Dome or something back then, when Terry Wallace masterminded this victory against Adelaide, who were the uh, the Crowbots under Neil Craig back then, one of the top teams, and we, we were no good. Um, but we had a couple of kids coming out of the draft. Delidio was one of them, um, and some of those other high draft picks who didn't really end up going so well. Um, but, yeah, Joel Bowden and uh, Patrick Bowden, actually, I think they both had over 20 marks for the game. Like, Plough had this sort of keepings-off style that um, wouldn't let Adelaide have the ball, and those guys just absolutely waxed to each other for the entire game. I'm sure they would have both had uh, huge scores, but he was, uh, I mean, he was a really good player. He could play multiple positions, but where he did his best super coach work definitely was in that sort of loose man in defense. And when it was really back in the day when it was loose man in defense, I think there was um, one game against Melbourne 
where he played effectively fullback on Russell Robertson. Russell Robertson kicked six goals or something, and Joel Bowden scored 150 super coach points. <laughs> So uh, he was a bit of a bar. Like if he played now, he'd be a fantastic pick because he was a, he was a very smart player and he was yeah very good at just finding himself in the right spot to to pick up a, an extra kick and you know um, if he could play on from kick-ins and score a few extra points and things, I'm sure his scores would be even better today. Uh, it'd, he'd be the perfect. He'd he'd be in my team every single year right now. I'll tell you that. How do you does fantasy footy impact the rest of your life? Like uh, it takes over mine. Does it take over yours as well? Uh, yes, no, it definitely does. I mean, a lot of that's work, but uh, and I do work some long hours, but um, there's a bit of some very blurred lines between um, sort of work, what's work and what's uh, sort of recreation in terms of super coach. Um, and especially in pre-season, uh, the, I mean, this year was the most, the craziest sort of month of my life, just about leading into the uh, season. I'm actually um, also got a bit of a, an extra hat on at work at the moment. We're filling in as a sort of in a more general sport role with someone, um, one of my, my bosses away at the moment on maternity leave. So I'm sort of trying to keep an eye on other sports as well as footy. And um, there was an interesting week when uh, they, someone reminded me that there was a Grand Prix coming up in Melbourne. And I well, yeah, that's a good point. Do it. We probably should cover that, shouldn't we? So uh, a lot of plans were hastily thrown together. Um, and then, of course, obviously it all got called off at the last second. So that was fun. But um, trying to manage that and uh, footy and super coach and, as the uh, the season approach was was pretty in- intense, but uh, you know every year that last three or four weeks leading into the season is just about full time super coach uh, home and work, and then obviously during the year it's um, a lot of time as well, and a lot of uh, I sort of find when it gets to about round fifteen or so, the the stress does ease off a bit because there's just less choices you can make at that stage, um, and you you know your trades are running low, you've sort of got a finished team hopefully. Um, but the calculations, especially around the buys, there's lots of scraps of paper around my house that have weird uh, calculations on them about, you know, well, if I could get him, then I could then use that money to get that player. And over the three weeks, you know, how many players am I going to have each week and all these kinds of things. Um, so, no, I definitely spend a lot of time on it, which is kind of crazy, really, because it is just a, a, a fun game. But um, I love it. <laughs> we we all love it. And that's why anyone who's listening to this is listening to this. Obviously, as we record this, we don't know when footy's coming back. How are you finding that? Have you got a bit more time to yourself? Do you have to worry slightly less about Supercoach? Or is it even harder trying to fill the, the content gaps without actually having footy to talk about? Uh, yeah, well, that is definitely a challenge. I mean, we, you know, it, it's... Um... Uh, probably not giving anything away to say that the, the Herald Sun will be barracking for footy to come back at some stage this year because um, that's obviously a huge part of what we do. And, um, you know, I think round one, as bizarre and, and unusual as it was, was actually, you know, it was good that we, we played it because it, you know, gave us something to, to watch and talk about. And, you know, that covers sort of super coach as well. But obviously, totally understand why they called it off when they did. And I think that was the right call. But, um, you know, hopefully you're seeing the numbers lately that, you know, we seem to be doing the right thing. So if everyone keeps keeps on following you know, Dan Andrews' orders, um, you know, hopefully we might get something. And it could be, you know, one of the – obviously what's happened has, has been um, very, uh, you know, unprecedented. Uh, as the word gets thrown around a lot, but uh, circumstances. But, you know, it could be one of the, the craziest seasons ever if, if we do get a, um, you know, try and cram – 22 or 17 rounds of footy in over three or four months 
towards the back end of the season and we get a little mini preseason before it. Um, and as you say, you know, Supercoach will definitely be part of that. And there's still, uh, we're leaving it a bit up in the air exactly um, how we're going to manage it. And I'm, I'm sort of just part of a, a team that will, will make some of those decisions, but uh, definitely options on the table for having some extra trades or whether we just throw it wide open. I'm not entirely sure, but there'll be, you know, um, allowances for the fact that there's been no footy for six months and, you know, some of the choices that we made uh, for round one when it was in March are not necessarily going to be that um, applicable if round two is in August or something. But um, so that could, you know, create a whole new, um, you know, a lot of, you know, we'll have to write all our preseason content all over again, um, which will be fun and, you know, get to watch games under, you know, it's going to be, who knows if they play two or three games a week, um, how that's going to affect, players and scoring and and if as you say players get rotated in and out of teams more or they call up guys from the VFL um, we're really not sure how it's going to happen but you know hope hoping that's sort of what's keeping me going a bit that um in on the on the footy front anyway um is that you know if we do get a season this year in whatever form it is it's going to be um exciting it'll be different and, and crazy and um you know and that'll give us something to to look forward to you know fingers crossed yeah, well, regardless of what happens with, you know, rule chances or making allowances for the fact that exactly as you said it, we've had six months between games, uh, geez, we're going to have a lot of work and a lot of stuff to cover. <laughs> we're gonna have, oh, yeah, it's exactly. a whole nother preseason. Yeah, no, it's going to be, um, yeah, I mean, which will be good, <laughs> I guess, you know, it'll be exciting and, and there'll be a lot, lot to talk about, but um, yeah, to have to do it twice in one year is going to be... Um, Amazing. And then, I mean, I don't even want to think about if we're, you know, running footy and super coach and there's, you know, a Melbourne cup happening at the same time or, you know, cricket world cup starting. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure how we're going to manage all of that, but we'll, uh, we'll figure that out when, when it happens. Hopefully it does happen. And then, you know, it's a problem we can deal with. Yes. Let's worry about it when it, let's hope it does happen and we'll solve the problems after that. You know, the NBA might be back. Who knows what'll be happening. Yep. It'll be crazy. Uh, is there any highlights in any super coach highlights that have stood out for you or even just like opportunities to meet people you didn't think you'd get to meet or anything that stands out to you that's probably been generated through super coach i mean I, yeah i just think the the community that you know everybody sort of references this but that is is such a great part of the game and that um, um and like you said i think um, you know we've made an effort from the herald sun end and uh, uh, i think everybody's is on board that you know to have a real um uh, friendly vibe between you know, where we're sort of competing in a way we we do our podcasts and things, but um, we're all sort of um, barracking for the same team in a way and, and super coaches, the, the bigger picture and we all love it. And uh, yeah, just, you know, being part of that. And as you say, meeting people like yourself and other people in the super coach community um, has been great. And just all the interactions on social media and, and things like that. I'm, I'm uh, I think I'm fortunate that I don't, uh, you know, I, I make, made plenty of bad calls in, in my time as a super coach uh, expert in inverted commas, but um, I think people mostly understand that we're, you know, what we're, what we're in it for. Um, there are some people who take it probably a little bit too seriously on Twitter and, you know, we can, we can just try to remember that it is a, a game that we're all um, just having fun. But uh, yeah, mostly my interactions have been really positive and um, yeah, I really enjoy that aspect of it for sure. Yeah, I think you're right. We Look, we, we are all competing, but I don't think, it's not like, it's not like politics where people seem to have like a super one-sided like I'm I'm this I'm aligned this way so I'm not going to listen to this person speak. Yeah. I think in terms of super coach like 
everyone just kind of consumes all of the content, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I sort of, in a way, I think my my job is kind of easy in a sense in that I'm, you know, trying to um, aim content for a certain audience. And basically, I'm just aiming it for myself because I love Supercoach and I just read anything that I can get my hands on. And as I said, I started listening to the, the Jock Reynolds podcast back in the day. And now my podcast feed is just full of Supercoach podcasts. Um, and it's kind of weird now that there's sort of not much to listen to because there's not as much to talk about. But certainly in that preseason time, I was um, you know, spend a lot of hours each week just listening to, you know, as many as I can that are out there. And, you know, I, I use a lot of that info to picking my own team and making decisions. And then, you know, some of it probably um, comes back out on the things that, that we put out as well. And I try and credit them where I, where I remember to, but, you know, you sort of, some things you just absorb and you're not sure where they came from, but I think everybody's doing that, um, you know, with all the different platforms. So, um, yeah, that you're, I don't, I don't see it as a, a big competition where we're trying to, you know, put everybody else out of business. I'm happy for everybody to be thriving. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and thank you for that. <laughs> Is there anything you'd like to see change in fantasy footy in Australia? Or would you like to see it go in a certain direction that it's not already going? Uh, a couple of people I've spoken to, we've talked about maybe. You know, in America, the focus is heavily on draft and there isn't really a salary cap game. And I know Supercoach is making improvements with their draft system, but like, is that something that interests you or are you more about the salary cap game? Where would you like to see things go? Um, yeah, I mean, my focus has been the salary cap format for just because that's what, you know, it's just sort of an, uh, an oddity. I think that that's what uh, Supercoach was when it started and um, uh, the AFL sort of version of the game as well. And, and that's just what people are used to. But um, obviously... People are really in in the states and overseas, and a lot of Australian, real you know, hardcore sports fans play those games as well. And so they are um, big fans of the draft format, and so that is um, obviously part of SuperCoach now. And and the numbers on that are growing. We can see that. Um, it's sort of nowhere to the point where it's challenging the the salary cap format. So I'm not sure if it it'll ever take over as such. But I'm certainly, um, you know, I'm I'm playing. We had our draft uh, down at Fox Footy a few weeks ago, so. Um, was that only I'm a sure few weeks have... ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, about uh, 20 years ago, but um, probably should check in on where some of those players are. I guess I'm not sure what will happen with the uh, the wave wire and things. We'll figure that out when the footy resumes. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to get more. I haven't played it uh, as much in the past, so I, you know, I'm just keen to play it as much as anything to get my head around it and so I can talk about it more because, um, yeah, that is an area of the game that is definitely growing. And I can see in a few years um, – you know, there really being those two options for people to play that, you know, if you're into the draft, you play draft or classic, you play that, or obviously, you know, a lot of people play both, but um, yeah, I think there's, there's definitely growth in that. And from a, a broader super coach point of view, um, obviously super coach BBL has been um, really successful the last few years. And that's a um, format that I've really enjoyed. Um, and super coach uh, racing is still happening. Hopefully when people listen to this podcast, there is still a little bit of racing happening and super coach racing is a, another form of the game that you can still play. Uh, obviously um, it's free and uh, you can just pick a, a stable on the, the Friday and see how they go on the weekend. That's um, uh, horse racing is not my strongest area of uh, sports, but um, yeah, I've enjoyed being able to at least have a little bit of super coach to, to go on with um, during all this madness. But, uh, um, and obviously NRL is big um, in Sydney and, and, Storm fans in Melbourne played as well. Um, so, yeah, there's there's Supercoach as a brand, I think, is um, just getting bigger. And probably, yeah, the one big growth area that uh, I think we'd see over the next few years is probably in draft. 
Will we ever see the return of, what was it, Perfect Nine? Or what was it called where you had to pick the nine top scorers? And I think my yeah. record was two. Like, I think someone got six out of nine once or so. That was probably about the closest anybody got, which is pretty incredible, really. Um, I mean, I think it sounded like a, a good idea, but it just turned out that every week there was always one or two that you would just, it was just impossible to predict. You could probably get three or four that you were a decent uh, shot at that most people should get your Grundies uh, of the world and uh, Abilet if you're you know, playing certain teams and this sort of thing. But there's always two or three that would just bob up from absolutely nowhere. So um, they, yeah, they've tried a few of those little sort of supplementary games over the years, but I think probably now the focus is on just uh, the main game of, of classic and draft and then, you know, working on some of those other sports. So, you know, building on, on BBL and racing. Um, and that, so that we've got, uh, you know, something to play year round rather than, um, you know, piling up little games during the footy season. Yeah, no, I think that's a, I think that's a, a fairly good decision not to try and segment the, the player base anymore. Um, but yeah, the, the growth of Supercoach, even I've been, I played BBL last season was my first full season. Uh, how did you find, how do you find the different setup in terms of, uh, obviously the rounds can go for sort of three days because that might be what we've got in the new Supercoach when the AFL returns, right? Yeah, I know. That thought has definitely crossed my mind, yeah, because that is probably the biggest challenge with the Supercoach BBL, that it's um, uh, hard to find a really sort of um, simple solution to the fact that there's there's not really rounds as such or they sort of just run, you know, a game pretty much every night and the Thursday night game will be one round and the Friday night will be the, other, the next round um, and you don't have much of a turnaround, obviously, to go in and make trades and things like that. Um, and yeah, I guess we'll see what happens if if the AFL goes down that path. Well, I mean, who knows? Uh, I was going to say I don't think it'll be a game every day, but maybe it'll be close to that and sort of uh, games overlapping in some ways, if or rounds overlapping. So um, that will be something that uh, we'll have to get our heads around from a Supercoach AFL point of view. It's um, going to be uh, a unique season. Whatever happens, if you know, hopefully we get one. Hopefully, we get one. And if it if it all ends. Does that mean I'm stuck with the terrible rank I have already? Or can we just call this one that it say it didn't happen and move on from it? Yeah, I mean, given my performance, I'd probably be supportive of that decision. But I guess uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know that we'd hand out the the fifty thousand to whoever's ranked number one after one round if we don't get any more. They got their weekly prize. That's probably a fair result, and uh, we'll start again. But um, yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic that we will we'll get a season in, and and you know there'll be more super coach prizes and. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's been, it's an interesting debate and I think, you know, that's, that's fair and we'll still continue to discuss exactly how to best manage it about how to reward people who did make, um, you know, good calls in round one, you know, people like us are happy to chuck it all out and start again. But, uh, you know, those scores I'm pretty sure will, will still stand. Um, uh, it's just a matter of yeah, whether you can sort of pick a team from scratch again, or we just have a few extra trades and trying to get the, the right balance there. Yeah, it's 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 really hard without knowing what's going to happen to foresee that. I can see the point of view where keep it as it is if you're in the top thousand and you think you're in a chance for the competition, and mm. the other end where you're forty thousandth or fifty thousandth, and you're thinking, no, nah, I wouldn't mind starting again. I think regardless, as long as the the points stand and the rankings in follow on from round one to round two, well, I trust you guys to work it out. <laughs> I don't have to make yeah. these decisions, so that's great. <laughs> yeah, thank you. But uh, yeah, well, I think the fact that you get those points in round one is that you know you you are still rewarded for for getting those calls right. And who's to know that a you know a smart rookie pick in round one, you know, you got Sam Sturt um, on the field and he scored a hundred 
I mean, is he going to be picked in round two if round two's in August? I mean, well, yeah, yeah the, it's impossible to know. So it's hard to know. I don't think teams are going to be playing their rookies to blood them. I think if it's a shortened season, they're going to value wins even more. Injured players are going to be coming back. I think the likelihood of us having a lot of on-field rookies is going to be even less. But we can discuss that uh, closer <laughs> to the event. Yes, there'll be plenty to talk about. Yes, there'll be plenty to talk about. I think we're running close to time up here, Al, and it's been a pleasure having you on. Do you have anything to plug, anything to shout out, anything we can follow you on to uh, keep track in terms of Supercoach and what you're up to? Um, oh, well, it's definitely uh, encourage people to keep checking into... Uh, well, I mean, the first thing to say is that Supercoach is open and there's unlimited trades, uh, as in, you know, you can trade in reverse as many times as you like um, before round two. So lots of, uh, you can play around with lots of different possibilities there. And the Herald Sun um, and all our uh, news call platforms online, we're still doing, obviously, um, still lots of AFL news, AFL content and uh, some some really good Supercoach stuff. As you mentioned, that bracket of uh, counting down, hopefully you're going to choose the, the uh inaugural Supercoach Hall of Famers uh, at the end of it, which is a really fun project, which is only just sort of kicking off. So definitely encourage people to get in there. And as you said, it does bring back, even for me, you know, looking back some old scores and, you know, you get to vote for someone like Greg Broughton, who was a, a Supercoach star there for a couple of years and then sort of quickly dropped off the map. Um, and there'll be lots of other Supercoach uh, sort of historical content um, going on as well. Um and then, you know, as you say, if uh, if we do get, uh, you know, w- wins that there's an AFL season on the horizon, there'll be a lot more Supercoach to talk about uh, coming into that as well. So, so there's always Supercoach. Yeah, you won't be able to escape it. Thanks, Al. Thanks for joining us. It was an absolute pleasure having you on to talk Supercoach. And hopefully the community, uh, this fills the void for 40 minutes or so. <laughs> All right, uh, really enjoyed the chat. Thanks. Thanks, mate.